Hello, SIT listeners. This is Dee Mange. Welcome back to today's STEAM information podcast here at Technology Expresso. Today, I am talking about the science of love. I mean, whoever thought that, you know, science and love work together or coincide? Um, Well, I'm going to talk to you about just how science and love can't exist without each other. There are three phases to falling in love and different hormones are involved at each stage. Events occurring in the brain when we are in love have similarities with mental illness. I know, that's so strange. Uh, When we are attracted to somebody, it could be because subconsciously we like their genes. Smell could as could be as important as looks when it comes to the fascinability factor. We like the look and smell of people who are most like our parents, which I've heard that plenty of times before. And science can help determine whether a relationship will last. So Flushed cheeks, a racing heartbeat, and clammy hands are just some of the awkward signs of being in love. But inside the body, there are definite chemical signs that Cupid has fired his arrow. When it comes to love, it seems, we are at the mercy of our own biochemistry. One of the best-known researchers in the area is Helen Fisher of Rutgers University in New Jersey. She has proposed that we fall in love in three different stages, each involving a different set of chemicals. So, the first stage is lust, of course. Lust is driven by the sex hormones testosterone and estrogen. Testosterone is not confined only to men. It also has been shown to play a major role in the sex drive of women. These hormones, as Helen Fisher says, get you out looking for anything. Yes, anything. (laughs) Stage two would be attraction. This is the truly love-struck phase. When people fall in love, They can think of nothing else. They might even lose their appetite and need less sleep, preferring to spend hours upon hours at a time daydreaming about their new lover. In the attraction stage, a group of neurotransmitters called monamines play an important role. Dopamine also activated by cocaine and nicotine uh, no, no, a preferring, otherwise known as adrenaline, starts us sweating and gets the heart racing fast. Um, serotonin, one of love's most important chemicals, and one that may actually send us temporarily insane. <laughs> Discover, um, oh, I'm sorry, and then. Stage three, which is attachment. This is what takes over 
after the attraction stage. If a relationship is going to last, then there must be some form of attachment. People couldn't possibly stay in the attraction stage forever. Otherwise, they'd never get any work done. Attachment is a longer lasting commitment and is the bond that keeps couples together when they go on to have children. Important in this stage are two hormones released by the nervous system, which are thought to play a role in social attachments. Oxytocin, this is released by the hypothalamus gland during childbirth and also helps the breast express milk. It helps cement the strong bond between mother and child and it is also released by both sexes during orgasm. And it is thought that it provides bonding when adults are intimate. The theory goes that the more sex a couple has, the deeper their bond becomes. Which I think is almost a little bit common sense. I mean, most people kind of, I think, assume that. Um, the second... Uh, hormone is vasopressin, another important chemical in the long-term commitment stage. It is an important controller of the kidney and its role in long-term relationships was discovered when scientists looked at the prairie vole. The frisky prairie vole society is Sex is the prelude to a long-term pair bonding of a male and female. Prairie voles indulge in far more sex than is strictly necessary for the purposes of reproduction. It was thought that the two hormones, vasopressin and oxytocin, released after mating could forge this bond. In an experiment, male prairie voles were given voles were given a drug that suppressed the effect of vasopressin, and the bond with their partner completely deteriorated immediately, as they lost their devotion and failed to protect their partner from new suitors. That is crazy. Um. But when it comes to choosing a partner, are we at the mercy of our own self-subconscious? Researchers studying the science of attraction draw on evolutionary theory to explain the way humans pick partners. It is, it is to our advantage to mate with somebody with the best possible genes. These will then be passed on to our children ensuring that we have healthy kids who will pass our own genes on for generations to come. When we look at the potential mate, we are assessing whether we would like our children to have their genes. So, there are two ways of doing this that are currently being studied. It is between the hormones and the appearance pretty crazy and so there you have it the science of love and so as usual i would love to hear your thoughts 
on um today's podcast so please shoot us an email at technologyexpresso at gmail.com or shoot us a tweet at tech underscore expresso t-e-c-h underscore e-x-p-r-e-s-s-o tech expresso again this is d mage thanks for listening to our 10 minute sip and have a great day you have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our broadcast archives, social media handles, contact information, and upcoming shows, visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com.net and .org. Call our event hotline 855-484-6837 for a list of STEM-related events in various states across the country. That's 855-484-6837. Your feedback is important to us. Send us an email through our website or directly to technologyexpresso at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to listen, learn, leverage, launch.